Faith, Hope and Love, Episode 104, the 15th Sunday in Ordinary Time, Year B. Hello, I'm Paul Kelly, and it's always a great joy to be able to read the beautiful scriptures and the prayers. It's something I always look forward to. This weekend, we hear in the Gospel, Jesus commissioning the disciples to go out two by two. In our modern culture, the desire to go it alone on projects and challenges is a fairly familiar approach, but being an island unto oneself would have been a much rarer attitude back in the days when belonging to a community was almost everything. One's survival often depended upon it. Nowadays it seems a popular goal to be a self-made, self-sustaining person, and we can be tempted to take this same attitude with our relationship with God. Many people might feel more comfortable in their me and God approach to their faith rather than God and all of us as a community. We might also be tempted to distance ourselves from God and hide away our faults until we've tried to fix them up ourselves. And then when we feel worthy, we come back and present ourselves to God. But this isn't the way it works. Our Lord teaches the wisdom of not going it alone on our spiritual journey, especially when we're trying to share our faith and live it in its very public dimensions. In the process of taking our faith out into the world and living it, we may not need a lot of baggage, but we do need other people of faith to support us, to inspire us, guide, help, and yes, sometimes challenge us to the message clearly in our hearts. There is no such thing as a solo Christian and it's not something we can do best at home by ourselves. This is Faith, Hope and Love. When I was a child My speech and thoughts were like a little child But as an adult put away those ways A child no longer now but speaking as a man Faith, hope, and love abide And the greatest one is love As for me in justice I shall behold your face I shall be filled with the vision of your glory. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Lord be with you. Welcome everyone as we gather together for Faith, Hope and Love on this 15th Sunday in Ordinary Time. Brothers and sisters, as members of God's family, let's pause before we celebrate the sacred mysteries to acknowledge our sins. Lord Jesus, you are mighty God and Prince of Peace. Lord, have mercy. You are Son of God and the Son of Mary. Christ, have mercy. You are Word made flesh, the splendour of the Father. Lord, have mercy. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Glory to God in the highest. 
God, Almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, only begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. Sins of the world, receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father. Have mercy on us. For you alone are the Holy One. You alone are the Lord. You alone are the Most High. Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in the glory of God the Father. Amen. Let us pray. O God, who show the light of your truth to those who go astray, so that they may return to the right path, give all who for the faith they profess are accounted Christians the grace to reject whatever is contrary to the name of Christ and to strive over all that does it honour. Through our Lord Jesus Christ your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, for ever and ever. Amen. A reading from the book of the prophet Amos, chapter 7, verses 12 to 15. Amaziah, the priest of Bethel, said to Amos, O seer, go fly away to the land of Judah, earn your bread there and prophesy there, but never again prophesy at Bethel, for it is the king's sanctuary and it is a temple of the kingdom. Then Amos answered Amaziah, I am no prophet, nor a prophet's son, but I am a herdsman and a dresser of sycamore trees. And the Lord took me from following the flock, and the Lord said to me, Go, prophesy to my people Israel. The Word of the Lord Lord, show us your mercy and love, and grant us your salvation. I will hear what the Lord God has to say, a voice that speaks of peace, peace for his people. His help is near for those who fear him, and his glory will dwell in our land. Mercy and faithfulness have met, justice and peace have embraced. Faithfulness shall spring from the earth, and justice look down from heaven. The Lord will make us prosper, and our earth shall yield its fruit. Justice shall march before him, and peace shall follow his steps. Lord, show us your mercy and love, and grant us your salvation. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Ephesians. Chapter 1, verses 3 to 14. 
Blessed be God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Just as he chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless before him in love. He destined us for adoption to sonship as his own through Jesus Christ, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace that he freely bestowed on us in the Beloved. In Christ we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and insight, God has made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure that he set forth in Christ, as a plan for the fullness of time, to gather up all things in Christ, things in heaven and things on earth. In Christ we have also obtained an inheritance, having been destined according to the purpose of him who accomplishes all things according to his counsel and will, so that we, who were the first to set our hope on Christ, might live for the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you had heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and had believed in him, were marked with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit, this is the pledge of our inheritance toward redemption as God's own people, to the praise of his glory. The Word of the Lord Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. May the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ enlighten the eyes of our heart that we might see how great is the hope to which we are called. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Chapter 6, verses 7 to 13. Jesus called the twelve, and began to send them out two by two, and gave them authority over the unclean spirits. He ordered them to take nothing for their journey except a staff, no bread, no bag, no money in their belts, but to wear sandals, and not to put on two tunics. Jesus said to them, Whenever you enter a house, stay there until you leave the place. If any place will not welcome you and they refuse to hear you, as you leave, shake off the dust that is on your feet as a testimony against them. So the twelve went out and proclaimed that all should repent. They cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and cured them. The Gospel of the Lord This weekend we're reminded that we're all called to be faithful disciples, not professional prophets. I was struck by a simple statement based on the weekend's gospel by a Bible commentator from way back in the 12th century, a Greek bishop who writes, Who would not blush in embarrassment and get rid of all their possessions and embrace a life of poverty when they saw an apostle carrying neither backpack 
nor even bread, all of which are so very essential. Jesus must have known the effect and the radical originality of what he was proposing to his disciples. The Gospel this weekend highlights the differences in the first reading. There were people in our Lord's time who were professional prophets. They were born into a family of prophets. This was the family business. Just like others might be carpenters, some were prophets. And they made their money. They earned their bread and shelter by plying their trade as a prophet, which was often a rather financially rewarding occupation, particularly if you told people what they wanted to hear and avoided offending anyone with the truth. But Amos in the first reading makes it clear he is no professional prophet, but rather Amos is simply a poor shepherd who God called to speak God's message to the people. Our Lord calls his followers to that same authenticity and simplicity, to be open and faithful to God's word and to God's vision, no matter how challenging, no matter how difficult. However, at the same time, Jesus is calling us to an attitude and practice of simplicity in our lifestyles and desires, to live more simply, and to travel lighter and with less baggage, both physical baggage and spiritual baggage, and to think of it, emotional baggage as well. The second reading this weekend is truly beautiful. I love its call to simplicity. St. Paul says, Blessed be the Lord, who gives us every spiritual gift, and calls us to be holy and spotless, and to live through his love. It's a reminder that God made us to live simply and entrust holiness and freedom and that we are designed to be people filled with God's Spirit. We're invited to gently walk with God in justice, humility, love and peace. It's such an attractive and reassuring message which seems so fresh and so inviting to us in a world where we seem to be being called to the opposite, to possessiveness, to indulgence, to self-realization, to materialism, and to an unapologetic participation in unwholesome words, practices and thoughts. If, as St. Paul says, God has showered us with every spiritual gift, how are we making use of all these gifts? to live our lives in harmony with God's vision for the world, a loving vision. The spiritual gifts include, but are much more than, wisdom, understanding, knowledge, discernment, courage, reverence and wonder. It makes me think, Although we often hear people describing our modern society as civilised and enlightened, and in many ways this is true, but in other ways it's not. It seems to me that one of the greatest tragedies in our modern society is that although we live in an age of enlightenment, with thousands of years of history and wisdom on tap, nevertheless many people seem not to be using their highly developed minds, their capacity for thinking through things when it comes to their daily actions and decisions. 
What's the point of having access to the most vast array of information and wisdom of the ages if we don't use it, or if we misuse it, or even worse, if we distort it so that it conforms to what we want to hear? We've seen some of the greatest insights into science, technology, ethics, Bible study, theology, medicine, and so on, and as today's readings attest, we have all the spiritual gifts offered to us by God. But what good are they if people keep acting without thinking? If people live their lives without reflection, without prayer, discernment, or without prudence? Surely then the gifts of heaven and earth remain unwrapped and unused, and therefore quite useless. Perhaps one of the greatest sins of our modern time is the sin of not using our gifts when we have the power to do so. We're capable of refusing to settle for simplistic solutions, for knee-jerk reactions to complicated problems. We know it's much easier to tear down others' plans and arguments than it is to build them up and help them work. God has given humans the wonderful genius to work through very complicated issues and weigh them up very carefully in ways that go well beyond self-interest, that are serving, that are self-sacrificing. They're the road less travelled and so many people have taken that wonderful path. There seems to be an all too many example of people acting in ignorance or lack of evaluation and discernment without due consideration for the kind of world we're creating by our decisions and actions, the consequences of our decisions on ourselves and others. And again, the scriptures tell us that as Christians, we see our lives as designed for walking in accordance with God's vision for the world, which is a life-giving and freeing vision, but one that is a way of love and self-giving. Jesus' gospel shows no sign of being about living and acting without thinking or without counting the cost. In fact, quite the opposite. And it certainly isn't about an easy path or self-serving choices. Jesus asks his followers to be detached from things because they can clutter and weigh us down in achieving our goal of proclaiming and living his gospel. Jesus wanted his disciples to travel light so as to be free to live his good news. He also wanted us to rely entirely on the providence of God and not spend our time collecting and storing things in case of what might be, but may never be. Someone once said that half the confusion in the world comes from not knowing just how little we really need. If that's true, and I believe it is, then the question is, in this day and age when consumerism is accelerating, when we've learnt all too well the meaning of words such as manufactured desire, creating demand, that is the creed of the advertising industry in some ways, it's not that you need it, it's not that you started out wanting it, but after we've suggested it, you feel you really do need it and want it, and can't live without it. So, if it's harder than ever for us to know how little we need, and how little some others actually have, perhaps the problem in our modern culture at the moment is that there is an alarming and increasing gap, a blurring between the concepts of want and need. Our Lord clarifies this action through life 
travel light. The Apostles' Creed I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. We have heard in God's word a proclamation of truth, a proclamation of peace, glory and salvation. Mindful of God's promises, we ask for a blessing on these prayers. That those who follow Christ may always be grateful for the many blessings of faith, hope and love that we receive. Lord, hear us, that nations around the world will make the decisions necessary to overcome poverty and degradation. Lord, hear us, that missionaries may never grow weary of preaching the gospel in word and example and building up the body of Christ. Lord, hear us, that those who have experienced rejection or who feel unloved may be rescued by the power of Christ's love. Lord, hear us, for all who are ill and those who care for them, that the Lord will give them healing, strength and peace, especially those for whom we now pray. Lord, hear us, for all who have died, that they may reflect the light of eternal glory in the resurrection, especially those for whom we now pray. Lord, hear us. Blessed be you, Lord God, source of all goodness. We ask you to take our worries and cares and transform them. We ask you to bring us the freedom promised by your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. At the Saviour's command and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever.
Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign for ever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. The sparrow finds a home, and the swallow a nest for her young. By your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God, blessed are they who dwell in your house, for ever singing your praise. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood, remains in me, and I in him, says the Lord. Let us pray. Having consumed these gifts, we pray, O Lord, that by our participation in this mystery, its saving effects upon us may grow. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go forth. The Mass is ended. Faith, Hope and Love, a time of Christian worship and reflection, led by Rev. Paul W. Kelly. Texts used in this program are for the purposes of worship and prayer for listeners wherever you are. Prayers and chants are taken from the English translation of the Roman Missal, edition 3, copyright 2010, the International Commission on English in the Liturgy. Scriptures are from the New Revised Standard Version, copyright 1989 and 2009 by the National Council of Churches of Christ, USA, with adaptations to conform with Catholic liturgical norms. The Psalms, a new translation, copyright 1963, The Grail, England, published by Collins. Mass in honour of St. Ralph Sherwin, published 2011, composed and sung by Geoffrey M. Ostrovsky, Featuring the Gloria. See www.ccwatershed.org forward slash Charbonnel. Prayers of the Faithful are adapted from Robert Borg's 1993 book Together We Pray, published in Sydney, Australia by E.J. DeWire, out of print. Faith, Hope and Love theme, words based on 1 Corinthians 13, 1 to 13, set to original music by Paul W. Kelly. For more details, please visit homilycatholic.blogspot.com.au. Contact us at paulwkelly68 at gmail.com. Production by Kelly Enterprises Resources. May God bless you and keep you.